Anyway, I'm not going to waste any more time. Uh, hello and welcome to the Antifada, where unrest is best. I am here today, uh, Jamie Solo F, uh, but I'm not by myself, so perhaps that is a misnomer. Uh, today, we're going to be talking with Max Collins, frontman of the legendary 90s alternative rock band Eve Six, whose heart in a blender song lives on in karaoke parties and the dreams of little girls to this very day and uh who has recently embarked on something of a second act as a prolific member of left twitter uh is recognized by many legitimate press outlets as well as a second act musically which is you know probably more important but whatever uh how you doing man i'm doing well i'm doing well thank you for for that um wow like that, that? that was a big intro that was a big Did i get it all yeah it was great all right great so, uh, okay, first things first, you said you don't have a computer and you are doing this interview on your phone. Are you doing okay? No, uh, no, God, no, LOL. Uh, no, I think I'm doing all right. Um, I, I, I don't own a computer at this point. I don't know. I, I feel like that had some kind of novelty appeal for a moment at this point it's it's only uh you know an impediment to me like doing the things I need to do in my life so I, I don't know what my deal is with that I just have like uh I have a resistance toward getting a goddamn computer there have been a few like um I was gonna do this one podcast and um they said that I needed a computer for it. My girlfriend does have a computer, but the camera's broken. So, uh, but, uh, and I was like, all right, shit, I guess I will get a computer for this. But then they switched it to a live thing. So we just, we like did it at a live venue. Uh, fuck it, we'll do it live. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Yeah, here we are. I'm just, I'm just trying to make sure that it's not that you're poor because uh, Spotify took all your money and that's why you don't have a computer. Right. No. Um, you know, uh, Spotify did and is taking all my money. Um, that, that much is true. I'm not, I'm not poor. I'm, it's like, it's, it's funny. I feel like with bands like uh, ours, um, people, people automatically sort of like assume you're either rich or utterly destitute it's you know it's somewhere in between <laughs> well that's good to hear yeah uh just just making sure uh i mean look we could start a crowdfund to get you a computer if you needed it so don't be afraid to reach out i appreciate that yeah yeah we're we're all comrades here so you know mutual aid uh so okay i wanted to have you on i mean i've been wanting to have you on for a while because you're like a cool fun left twitter guy but um the reason that the thing that precipitated this particular episode is there was, you know, a bit of a kerfuffle. There was discourse, shall we say, about um, Joe Rogan, Neil Young, Spotify, streaming platforms. And you had some things to say about it. So let's let's recap this a little bit for those who may not have been following along. Bless your hearts. Um, I'm jealous that you're less online than me. Uh, but OK, 
uh, and tell me if I'm getting this right. So Joe Rogan, we all know that he's like kind of an idiot douchebag, uh, right wing adjacent, shall we say, kind of dude. He's been spreading misinformation about COVID on his podcast, which, you know, arguably constitutes a threat to public health, considering how many idiots look to him as some sort of thought leader. Uh, he's also said a bunch of racist, sexist and transphobic shit and platformed a lot of uh, alt light IDW types. But that doesn't really seem to be an issue in this particular instance with Neil Young, but it often enters into this conversation. So I feel like I have to mention it. So uh, Neil Young, in protest of Joe Rogan spreading misinformation about COVID and vaccines and masks and shit, uh, he had his music pulled from Spotify, and that was sort of his protest and moved it to Amazon, which, uh, you know, sidebar is hardly the morally superior company. But I guess if your primary issue is Joe Rogan, then that makes sense because Joe Rogan does not have a hundred million dollar deal with Amazon. So a few artists like Joni Mitchell have since followed suit. Uh, nice to see that she's recovered from the Morgellons enough to do some discourse about uh, listening to science or whatever. Um, and then you, you took advantage of this discourse to call attention to the other problem with Spotify, which is that they profit off of a lot of exploitation of artists who really don't make anything from their streams. Uh, you even tweeted that you'd rather people steal your music quote I'm putting steal in scare quotes because it's uh you know kind of up for debate whether music can even be stolen or if it should just be you know free for the masses um but you tweeted that you'd rather steal you'd rather people steal your music than listen to it on Spotify um why why would you say that I mean it's it's literally orders of magnitude magnitude more ethical it's <clears throat> like Spotify is a giant corporation with a multi-billionaire CEO who's enriching himself <clears throat> and the company's shareholders through the most flagrant kind of exploitation. So, um, you know, yeah, stealing music uh, or getting music for free, however you want to put it, is not putting money into their hands and incentivizing them to continue to do what they do. So, you know, I don't have a problem with it. I also feel like, I also feel like people, you know, in like the OG Napster days, <clears throat> um, for the most part had a sense of, you know, I feel like they were, there were, you know, compensatory actions they were taking to like uh go see bands live buy their merch buy their records stuff like that um now the way spotify is doing it and because their payment methods are so obscured so purposefully complex um and confusing like they sort of just get people, I think, to kind of throw their hands in the air and feel like, oh, I'm, I'm paying for a subscription, so I'm doing my part. Well, you're doing your part <clears throat> to give your money to Daniel Ek, and Daniel Ek invests his money in defense technology. So it's not good, you know? Yeah. And obviously, I mean, Amazon's worse. Like, like you said, Neil Young, 
you know, if his primary issue is vaccine misinformation and the rest, and I can, I, I'm sympathetic to him because he's like, he had polio as a kid. Um, he's also older and, you know, like in, in the wheelhouse for people who are dying of this thing. Like, I can see how, how that's sort of his primary issue. I still think very quickly moving to shilling for Amazon was really stupid. Um, so yeah, I have mixed feelings around the Neil Young thing because on the one hand, he brought a lot of attention to this. He sort of created the critical mass necessary for a boycott. Um, uh, it's because of that that I did that thread on Twitter and got a bunch of calls from journalists and have been like basically doing nonstop press for the last week about this stuff, bringing attention to the artist's use labor side of this. But um, but yeah, that that story, the Rogan story is obviously so salacious and like is still still crowding um, and and I think dominating headlines, even though I am heartened slightly. I'm so, you know, reluctant to be optimistic in any way about any of this stuff because you know how often does systemic change within you know capitalist industry take place but um but i do feel like if spotify if people if they continue to lose billions of dollars and they are um I mean, they're still doing market speculation and they're, you know, I can see picture them in the boardrooms just like, you know, ride this out. You know, the uh, memory is short. People are going to move on. You know, news cycles are temporal, blah, blah, blah. But this does feel like a different moment than other times in the past where these issues have, have come to the fore and then been promptly kind of forgotten about it does seem like i don't know more more people are receptive to this side of the story than i thought they would to be honest i didn't think people would, would give a shit well that's heartening in any case yeah i think i read you say that you know we might not be able to create systemic change but we can at least give spotify and the share its shareholders a really bad month right like do you do you think yeah. there's any point in uh in users boycotting Spotify? And if so, uh, is there a less evil platform that we should be using? Because I feel like they're all pretty evil. Um, I mean, I use Spotify, I don't feel good about it, but it also feels like almost sort of overdetermined, right? Because the reason I, and a lot of people probably started using it was because the user interface of Apple really shit the bed. I mean, I remember, back when I first got an iPhone, I was so excited. I was like, oh yeah, I can, my phone and my iPod, what if they could just be one thing that'd be so convenient for me. And then, you know, the user interface for whatever reason gradually went downhill until I was like tearing my hair out, trying to put an album on my phone to listen to at the fucking gym or whatever. So I started using Spotify and I'm sorry. That's okay. No. Um, Okay, so the first part of your question was, <clears throat> do I think a, a boycott is useful and good right now? Yeah, I do, because 
Um, Spotify is losing a lot of money. Spotify is the giant who's had the, had a stranglehold on streaming <clears throat> for a long time. Um, for some of the reasons you just cited, which are positive, their interface is better. Um, I do think other streaming platforms right now, I hope they're fucking hustling to improve their shit because they have a huge opportunity right now. But um, uh, are there other platforms that are better? Uh, you know, title I think, pays the most out to artists. Um, I forget what exactly what the numbers are, but um, you know, significantly more, possibly a penny per stream or close to it. Apple Music is just behind them. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, Napster is the best. Napster's number one. It's like Napster, Title. Oh wow, Apple. And it's not Napster. I think it's some company that just bought the name Napster. So it's not as cool as like, you know, but still it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, their platform, uh, their interface, you know, is it seems to be really slow to have songs upload. Um, we put a song out last Friday and I haven't checked in the last couple of days, but it was up on all the other platforms and still wasn't up on Napster. So I don't know. I hope they get their shit together. That's the most entertaining story. Um, you know, yeah, there, there are streaming platforms that are better. And right now with all of the noise surrounding this, uh, you know, we're just trying to keep the message as simple and reductive as possible. And that is, um, just don't don't use Spotify or Amazon if you can all help it if you can all sacrifice at all sacrifice that um, you know convenience or whatever and there are ways now to transfer whatever playlists you might have to other platforms with relative ease um, so so yeah I mean I think I think the boycott is is good I mean we're certainly trying to push it and doing what we can <clears throat> we can't take our we can't take our music that sony who owns spotify owns the masters of off of spotify um we're just not allowed and we don't have the the prestige or the clout <laughs> shockingly of someone like neil young uh to write an email and say, take my shit down and have people jump, um, you know, we would get LOL as a response. And, but um, we did change our banner on Spotify to delete Spotify. We got, we got that banner from a band called Belly who started that thing. Oh, so nice. go, Love them. Yeah. Oh, they, they fucking rule. And they've been at, they've been one of the loudest, most thoughtful, incisive voices on this um uh and yeah so if you go to our spotify page it says delete spotify we're pulling everything that our current label owns the masters of off of spotify we had a call with them the other day <laughs> and we were like this is what or no we texted them the other day we we're like we want this is what we want to do we got crickets back we followed up the next day we're like, we really want to do this. It's important to us. 
we got on call with them and they were like, you know, we'll do this, but this, you know, the contract that, that you guys signed with us, you know, we weren't anticipating this and we still see revenue from Spotify because we own the masters. Uh, so if, if we do this, we're going to cut your advance in half from 50 to 25 grand that our advance for our full length record that they'll be putting up. And we said, okay, <laughs> you know, uh, so we're, it's important to us right now to as much as possible, put our money where our mouth is. We also recognize that we're coming from a place of um, buzzword privilege because people know who we are um, for better or for worse. Uh, we, we do have other ways you know, we do have um, pipeline stuff outside of Spotify and we have a live business that's coming back. We have a tour that we're announcing tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're sympathetic to artists who are like, yeah, I would love to make three times what I'm making. Um, I, I would love fair pay. However, I need the exposure that comes from Spotify being, you know, the streaming giant that most people go to <clears throat> and i need whatever that you know income is that they might be getting from that you know if an independent artist owns their master um it or whatever they'll see more than a band like us will um so like we're totally sympathetic to that and there are certain things we can do certain hits that we can take that other artists can't, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, we're trying to we're trying to hurt Spotify as much as possible. I mean, that's just what we're in the business of doing right now is causing Spotify pain, and um, it's been a more successful effort than I thought it would be. So we're just going to keep doing it, keep going. Well, yeah. Well, I'm all about causing Spotify pain. Um, I I read that part of the problem stems from the fact that the record labels actually own a chunk of Spotify as well as the masters to all of the artists songs so they can sort of uh, double dip and sell this music to users or, you know, sell an ad free experience to users or whatever, uh, while giving the artists just insultingly small sums of money, like no money would be less insulting than the fractions of a penny that most artists see. Um, what, what portion of the problem is this, would you say? It's huge. This is one of the things that the uh, 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 Union of Musicians and Allied Workers is asking for is transparency. <clears throat> because Spotify made these deals with record companies, with major record companies, um, as bribes to the record labels to say, hey, no, 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 you're going to continue to profit here. Uh, you know, we're going to give you ownership of the company and we're going to pay out the lion's share to the master owner. So you're going to make uh, most of the money per stream. And you're also going to make money from owning Spotify and you're going to make whatever, you know, speculative market uh, you know, money where the real money is, is so <clears throat> yeah, Sony owns our masters. Sony owns a significant percentage of Spotify. 
So our first stream income is going to Sony who owns Spotify. And that's the case with, with, all, with all of the major labels. These deals are still not public, um, but we know that much to be true. And they were also kept secret from bands. It's not like this was anything that was told to bands. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all super fucked up. So, okay, I agree with you. Devil's advocate question. What would you say to someone who's like, well, you know, you signed the contract, you took the money and they're technically allowed to do this. So tough shit. Yeah, I would say like, you're right. We signed a contract with RCA, DMG, Sony, all all the same thing. Uh, you know, what, 14 years or so before the advent of streaming technology. Um, it wasn't, it, it, it was a normal contract. You know, we had a lawyer look at the contract. It was, it was uh, you know, you're like just garden variety, exploitative industry contract. It wasn't like extra bad. Uh, it, it's what's insane to me is that that contract and those terms should map onto 2022 uh, streaming technology that didn't exist yet in the minds of the most cynical record label guy um, to where, uh, you know, Spotify, I mean, it's insane as a starting point that our band is getting a million fucking streams a month now, you know, it's like, even that is, it's like part of the insidious nature of these platforms is like probably just culture in general now is just this like uh, hawking of nostalgia and like new stuff needing to compete with the familiar and I did a tweet about it. It's like, it's like water competing with wine. Like nostalgia is a potent device and it's like not good, you know? Um, Like if we were actually getting paid from our million monthly streams, like that would be nice. You know, like I'm, I'm in this band. I made that song uh, or whatever, but uh, yeah it's that's that's what's what's crazy to me is who could have conceived of this platform this technology this amount of streams being generated uh no one could have so like i feel like there have been corrections made in other artistic areas someone was telling me something about film and television recently that seems similar to this but uh yeah i don't I mean, know if that makes- yeah no it does and it's it's also like an argument that people all often make about capitalism in general right this this fiction this myth that we're all just autonomous beings um making freely making decisions to yeah. uh enter into wage relationships or sign contracts or whatever as if the worker the producer is ever going to be 
on an even playing field with the ones who are holding their money, the money over their heads. The with the, with yeah, right. With the creators of the system, with the authors of the laws, with the lawyers. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I'm no. just agreeing with you. <laughs> I, excellent. I like it when that happens. So, so, okay. You talked about a boycott. Um, what else? Cause I, I always like to think of things in terms of collective action, not just on the part of the consumers, because I think the effectiveness can be limited, but also on the side of the producers on the side of production. So is there any sort of collective action that you could see happening, you know, short of a socialist revolution that decommodifies everything and makes it so that no one has to worry about food or rent, et cetera, um, which is, you know, generally the big solution I come back to, but you know, until that happens, is there any kind of collective action on the part of the producers that you could see moving things in a positive direction for artists, whether it's, um, I don't know, a labor union or a guild system or something adjacent to that? Um, I believe songwriters, I, I think it's illegal for songwriters to unionize. Um, I think that's why the, the union that we've, we're affiliated with is called the Union for Musicians and Allied Workers. Uh, you know, like, I don't know, this moment is different and has heartened me in some ways because before this, like, for instance, you know, during the pandemic, during the last couple of years, when artists weren't able to tour. So you're removing like the, the one viable income stream for most bands is, is throttled. It's no longer an option. And the union went to Spotify and said, how about a penny per stream, considering the fact that we, we have no uh, viable income source without touring and we're just ignored wholesale. Um, I don't know. I think that, I think again, I think again, it's all whether, whether change happens at the level of, you know, Spotify is incumbent right now on how much pain they suffer and the point at which they decide that, you know, they run their speculative calculations and that that pain isn't, isn't worth it. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think the most effective thing that we can do right now is continue to be extremely obnoxious and just ad nauseum saying the same things over and over again, you know, uh, and and, and hope that this, you know, critical mass continues to kind of like swell. Um, and, and I think that will in turn send a message to, to other platforms that like, you know, someone said that the other day on Twitter, they were like, you know, none of these platforms are good. Why are you after Spotify? And it's like, put the, put the king in the guillotine first, sends a message like, if, if we can hurt this company, this, they're the Goliath, um, then 
you know, I, I think someone like Apple or Title might be a little bit less inclined to just completely ignore the requests of of artists. But again, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it would be really great if there were a platform that had, you know, both user functionality and uh, paid the artists, I mean, somewhat fairly. <laughs> Is it safe to say? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Compared like, to Spotify, Tidal, Napster, and Apple almost qualify as somewhat fair. I mean, it's consider it's considerably more. There is this app called Resonate that I haven't actually like looked at their interface or whatever, but they are like a co-op type thing. Um, you know, they're tiny. So it, they're, they're like brand new and, but something like that would be amazing. Um, yeah. All right, cool. Everybody take note. We're going to move our subscriptions uh, all at once. It's going to be great. Um, so, okay. I also want to talk a little bit about uh, how, like, like the very idea of people sort of paying or not paying for the music that they listen to, right? And like the, the argument often advanced by record companies is that people need to be made to pay for the music they listen to so that the artists can get paid. Uh, otherwise, they'd make even less money for their intellectual property. Um, and putting that in scare quotes, right? You can't see me, but intellectual property. So do you think that this is true or is it just kind of a smokescreen to, pre to protect their own profits? Like when I listen to your song, without paying for it, is that taking money out of your pocket? I mean, it's not if, if the alternative is a company that's like Spotify, that's as, that's as exploitative as Spotify, it's not. And if you're gonna then go to a show or you're going to, you know, steal a song, see if you like it, when you do buy the album. I mean, <clears throat> I think, you know, I, I don't think like intellectual, intellectual property shouldn't only mean something to the guy whose idea is to, whose intellectual uh, property concept is to start a uh, you know crass predatory capitalist app um <laughs> and and not someone who makes a thing um that's in in the realm of art or whatever like um i I would like my favorite songwriters to be able to afford to write songs, uh, to spend their time doing that, as opposed to working at Starbucks or something like that. I think, um, I think that's what I think. Um, there's, there's a lot of fucking work that goes into making a record, a lot of time, um, a lot of money spent 
Um, so yeah, I mean, if, if it's impossible for an artist to make a living doing art, they're just not going to do art. And I mean, that's bleak. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think we miss out on a lot of good art for that reason. Exactly. You know, like it, I would like more people to be able to do it, spend their time on it, whether they're, you know, uh, highly prolific professional musicians like you, or, you know, maybe some kids just messing around in a garage. <clears throat> um, yeah. I mean, I agree. Like there's like, uh, you know, there's a very like almost tangible, like practical effect that art has on a person's life. It's like, <clears throat> you know, a song or, or a movie or something like that. It's like, these things can be like an antidote to, to loneliness, to despair. Like they can bring you back from the fucking precipice you know they can like uh put you back together just enough when you feel shattered you know um that's useful you know these things are useful so if someone is able to make a thing like that good at making a thing like that and they're not able to make a thing like that because they have to get a job working for a giant corporation, you know, that's, that's sad. That's also totally where we're at. I mean, like the, I saw today that, you know, there are 8 million, uh, what's the term they use? Creators on Spotify. Out of those 8 million, 13,000 um, brought in fifty thousand dollars in 2020 so and you got to imagine that you know i mean that that disparity is insane uh so yeah i mean that's why we're here that's why we're fighting for fair pay that's why we're fucking being annoying you know absolutely um so i feel like okay spotify is gonna cry poverty at some point in time and say hey. oh Wah, wah. We uh, we can't turn a profit if we have to give you a whole penny per stream. And like, I don't really care about the profits of Spotify, but like, is there any truth to that whatsoever? Like, if no, because and this is what all of these platforms say, they say, but we're not profitable or we're barely profitable, profitable. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're enriching themselves to the tune of billions because yeah, you know, this is all in the realm of market speculation. So, you know, the value is, is sort of whatever is in the public imagination on a given day, um, whatever the sort of shareholders think it is um, that there's the bottom line is they are getting extremely wealthy and I think that's where the Rogan thing is important because it just blasted this light on it because it's like, um, oh, you're, you, you, you're a barely profitable company, but you can give this guy multiple hundred million dollar checks to, 
I mean, period, let alone to, to kind of say what he says and have on who he has on. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's all a big capitalist grift. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels kind of like the argument made by like union busting lawyers at Uber or whatever that, uh, you know, traditional taxi companies and, you know, special interests like labor unions are being they're given preferential treatment when cities or workers themselves try to regulate or tamp down on this ride sharing app industry in any way. Like it, it takes it as a given that this predatory industry is legitimate, just like any other industry and has a right to exist in the first place. Yeah. And I can totally, and I can see, I can see why people sort of bristle at the comparison because yeah, like making rock and roll is, uh, you know, pretty fun to do. And there are other jobs that aren't as fun to do. Um, but I think, I think it's, it's a very similar story of exploitation, union busting, just a surplus power surplus um, taking advantage of workers. Yeah. Like also it's not the workers fault that these, this industry, this entire tech industry is based not on providing a service for a fee and then, you know, hopefully the profits exceed the expenditures. It's based on this new economic model of venture capital uh, and, you know, projections of yeah. fictitious capital yes. in the future, which yeah. is, you know, you could argue that capitalism has just developed in that direction. So that's the only place that there is for a company to go anymore. But again, like, why is that the workers problem? It's not. And you think about the way this has been scaled and the way exploitation has been has been scaled and the way that a select few people have enriched themselves to such an obscene degree and not the most cynical free market guy of like, you know, the 80s or 90s could have predicted this. I mean, it's it's completely insane, you know. Um, and, and like looking at the last couple of years, I mean, taking the music industry as like a microcosm, um, you know, the wealth is just fucking gone straight to the top and continues to as like people and workers, you know, as workers suffer. Word. So I want to talk about the censorship, quote unquote, censorship thing a little bit, too. Because that's uh, really been dominating. I mean, I haven't even been reading the articles. I've just kind of seen some of the tweets. And that's enough to annoy me. Uh, yeah. But that's been a big part of this conversation. So what, what about these arguments around censorship and freedom of speech, right? That even if it's not the government doing it, that artists are sort of effectively trying to censor each other or the quote unquote woke mob is trying to censor people by, you know, making a fuss and 
I guess, voting with their dollars as, you know, people are supposed to do under capitalism. And that that this is going to have a chilling effect on free speech and that that (laughs) is a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Spotify is like quite literally Joe Rogan's publisher. Um, You know, Neil Young is, is effectively saying like, I don't want to share a figurative stage with this guy who was saying these things. And that's valid at like, at the same time, you know, Spotify kicking Rogan off, like the notion that that is in any way going to make Joe Rogan less rich, less powerful, you know, uh, lessen his listenership and not increase it, prevent him from getting a hundred million dollars from another platform. It's like, it's not, you know, if they kick him off, he will have more chud cred and he'll, he'll go to another platform and he'll get a lot more money and he'll keep doing exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you agree? I mean, yeah, obviously. Uh, but what about what about all the smaller chuds who might not have that kind of privilege? Or what about what about us? Because I've also heard the uh, slippery slope argument used by some, even some like nominal leftists, right? That if this can happen to a right wing shithead, then it can happen to us too, and that we're gonna lose out, and that's gonna be bad for the left. I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing benevolent <laughs> about Spotify doesn't care about free speech, obviously. Uh, like, you, you know, these companies are just in the business of doing the most crass capitalism. And I think, yeah, I mean, I don't want them to have any more power than they already have. It's just, there's no way to change them making decisions based on market speculation and whatever they think their their you know bottom line is going to be or their value is going to be in the imagination of the public. That's the way they're going to continue to function. I, I, it's almost like not even worth talking about. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I I I'm inclined to agree. I also think like. There's no ombudsman out there making sure the left and the right get treated equally, right? <laughs> like right. these are just market forces, like you said. Uh, the difference being that I'm not going to fucking cry about it if I get kicked off of a platform because someone made an economic decision, right? Like I'm on this right. podcast every week calling for, you know, I've some some spicy suggestions. Yeah. The workers of the world, well, you know, no, like a really good point. And I think part of the reason why, you know, it's such a manipulative, disingenuous tactic. And it's, you know, like being a victim is currency for these massively wealthy, massively powerful stand up comedians because it's where their perceived relatability lies. And materially, they have none. You know, I mean, there's nothing fucking relatable about a 300 millionaire, you know, Uh, but if they can get people to 
think that they are being silenced, that they're being treated unfairly, if they can sort of scare people with the fantasy that, oh, you might, you might lose me, Joe Rogan, your good buddy, uh, you know, um, because of the woke mob, then you'll, you'll get people who don't really have a lot of their own thoughts crowding their mind um, coming to these guys' defense and wanting to believe that yarn. Yeah. Yeah, like it does seem to be a message that resonates with a lot of quote-unquote regular people, which, you know, kind of scares me, right? Whenever, I mean, it, it basically- it's very it's cultural politics over class politics, which has been a reactionary force throughout history. If you can convince yeah. people to side with, oh, I'm going to side with my white boss instead of my uh, multiracial fellow workers, that's conservative and that keeps positive things from happening. Yes. Yeah. Well said. Well, thank you. Like, uh, but I will not be, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would be sad if I got kicked off of the platforms that I'm forced to use to spread my, uh, you know, commie propaganda, whatever. But, you know, if that happens, I'm not going to cry about uh, you're not censorship. Gonna, right. You're not going to pretend it's anything other than market forces, which is all cancel culture is, is a CEO making a decision to, you know, increase their their market value yeah. on one day that's hiring joe rogan on another day maybe that's firing joe rogan on another day that's giving someone who's even more expressly awful money i mean yeah it's yeah. the the desire to like try to ascribe any kind of like morality to the people making these decisions at corporations is so so silly but you know people have really kind of swallowed the swill yeah yeah i mean on some level it might be kind of cool <laughs> to get deplatformed as a leftist because if anything it would mean that you know the value we bring to patreon in the form of the rents they seek on our our contributions from fans are suddenly outweighed by maybe by some perceived threat that we pose, which, you know, would be a cool problem to have, let's just say. Yeah, no, that's true. It's like that one tweet someone did that was like, if any of this had the power to change anything, they wouldn't let us do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But also, like, I don't view this as mere or primarily or merely a matter of persuasion right what we're doing out here like i think it plays a role yeah uh, but i think it really only makes sense as the propaganda arm of a wider movement with roots yeah. in in the class itself and and yeah. you know i don't think history is necessarily moved along by these big aaron sorkin-esque speeches you know no. that like persuade people people's intellects right but it's it's workers and it's other oppressed groups organizing collect collectively to take power for themselves. Like you can it, talk all day about how the boss should they, treat you better. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, uh, 
strike efforts. It's unionizing. Um, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, the, the intellectual part in some ways, you know, can the effect of that can just be to like, you know, preserve the status quo. Um, yeah, it kind of needs to be a, a merger of those things. And I think, yeah, I mean, an unfortunate amount of, of people in the working class are still captured by the sort of, you know, fake populism of, of the right. And, and, that, and that even touches culture stuff like, like Joe Rogan, you know, um, where he's like uh, a, a symbol to some folks of like, you know, I don't know, a real ass dude, but yeah. he's, God. he's a Holly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I was also baffled by the Jordan Peterson phenomenon because I, at least Joe Rogan has some kind of charisma. I will admit like yeah. the fact that all these guys thought Jordan Peterson was their daddy. I'm like, we really, we really need more positive role models for growing boys out there. That's who they want to be their dad. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's true. I think, I think, I, I think a lot of these like huge right wing guys are these sort of like father figures to people, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and I, yeah, sorry. I, go. Oh, I was just going to say, it really makes me miss uh, my departed colleague, Michael Brooks, because like he really had a way of uh, sort of bringing these things together and saying, hey, self-improvement is not a bad thing. Self-improvement yeah. is good. Um, yeah. But also you need to you need some kind of collective action and you need to think about people other than yourself and like. Like, I'm never going to be able to be these guys, daddy, you know, like, yeah. that's not my wheelhouse. My wheelhouse is sort of taking, you know, the like angsty goth chicks on Tumblr who might have, you know, some of the right impulses, but a lot of wrong ideas and say, hey, hey, you know, what's better than this kind of uh, rad lib nonsense is uh, a socialist feminism that's intersectional. Right. But the dudes are never going to listen to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the insidious thing about someone like Jordan Peterson is he's, you know, people like sort of look to him that way because he's he's essentially selling or he's literally selling like some perennial wisdom, like pulled from all kinds of traditions and then smuggling in a bunch of reactionary stuff. But, um, you know, it's like there, there are things that he talks of, like, I'm a sober alcoholic. I've been, I'm 15 years sober. Like, um, I'm, yeah, I'm well aware of that. Like if, if I didn't, you know, work on myself in this area that like I was going to die or go to jail and like, and I see similarities in like, I mean, I'm not 
intimately acquainted with Jordan Peterson stuff, but just like 12 rules for life or whatever, 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. There's stuff he talked, he talks about like um, confessional stuff and like, uh, you know, keeping your side of the street clean. These are all like axioms that are in the AA tradition that are culled from different religious traditions or whatever else and can be useful um like yeah i mean there's it's confusing <laughs> everything is confusing and there's and there's a temptation to throw the baby out with the bathwater mm-hmm. with with everything um but jordan peterson's a profiteer you know alcoholics anonymous is free true that well, you know, maybe we need more positive role models for, for these confused little boys like like you, yourself. You're like a rock and roll dad. You're pretty cool. You've battled some demons. You've, uh, you've had some hit songs. Like, who better? Who better to carry the torch? Um, yeah, that's, that's not a mantle I'm too comfortable with. But hey, if I were <laughs> the wrong guy, so... Yeah. Uh, well, you're modest too. So that's, uh, that was a test. That's very important. Um, so, okay. So say that we win, right. Some point in the future and these platforms get expropriated somehow, you know, hopefully without, uh, any violence, of course, I would never advocate violence on the free version of my show. Um, but yeah, say that that happens. Violence is paywalled. Yeah, yeah. And they are okay. Now they're owned by all of us collectively via some kind of a worker state or dictatorship of the proletariat, whatever you want to call it. So now, now we're in the territory of yes, we have the power to censor stuff for real. Um, Do you think that this kind of people's government should let anyone say whatever they want? Or are there some competing values that might take precedence in certain scenarios, whether it's, uh, you know, someone just sort of cruelly shitting on a historically oppressed group or, you know, spreading lies and propaganda that are trying to trying to convince people that we need to give the power back to the world's previous rulers who caused death and destruction. Like, like, I will admit that there are competing values here, but Mm. like, does freedom of speech as an abstract principle always take precedence over other concerns that we might have? Um, I, I have such like an intuitive, um, visceral antagonistic reaction to certain kinds of speech <laughs> that I don't know, maybe I can't even pretend to be objective objective enough to like tackle a concept as big as that one like um i don't know can i ask you what you think i mean yeah i feel like it's uh sort of implied by how i framed this question but uh yeah i do think that there are other things that might that might be more important in the moment, uh, but it's not up to me to decide that. And it's not up to me to decide it right now. Like it's gonna be up to all of us to figure it out together. And I think the point is that the people should have that power, not um, 
uh, some unaccountable government and not certainly not a corporation you know right 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 like we got to build the kind of world that we want to see and a lot of that is going to have to be figured out you know in the heat of battle yeah the collective making that decision is very different than a guy in a patagonia vest um you know with you know the the best you know office in the building or someone or a politician who's likely you know paid by a guy like that so um yeah well uh you know we'll cross that bridge when we come to it (laughs) basically our lifetimes again it would be a cool problem to have quality problem yeah so okay i know you gotta go i have some fun questions maybe we can uh talk again sometime soon but i did want to give you a chance to like uh plug your new album and tell the world a little bit about what's next for the eve six guy um when will this be like going coming out this app uh probably tomorrow or thursday okay cool um we're we're announcing a tour tomorrow um starting in may i believe it's like a month or month and a half tour with um a band called we are the union and with i think our mutual friend jake flores hell yeah um big fan yeah i love jake so much and you know he's one of the most hated people on twitter and i love him for that too and i relate uh and he's i mean i've been i don't know i just think he's really funny and really smart and uh and i love the way he confuses and enrages people um same yeah big same um so yeah we're taking him out he's gonna basically do like a a comedy set then we are the union's gonna play jake will come out it's basically mc flores like um jake will come out do a little bit more and then eve six will come out and then um the last week of the tour we're gonna have field medic out are you familiar with Field Medic? No. He's great. Really, really great um, songwriter who's also a six foot three ginger. Um, he's like my little brother and he's uh, he's rad. So he'll be out for the last week. But yeah, we're announcing that tomorrow. I'm supposed to come up with a name for the tour today. I, I can't come up with anything. So I don't know. Do you have any ideas off the cuff? Oh, God, not off the top of my head, but I feel like this will be some very rich material for the DMs. Yeah, yeah. Let me know. Um, let me know in the DMs if you think if you think of anything. Uh, uh, we, we are putting out an album. We're putting out a song every month on the eve of the sixth of every month. So <laughs> we just put out one called Revolution um that's pretty punk and uh check it out on title or apple or um, napster and the album's going to be called hyper relativization i don't think we've yeah whatever that's that'll be coming out in like a few months and um i think that's pretty much everything all right hell yeah um i wish you 
all the luck on your tour. I'm excited for, uh, for these, uh, you know, maybe some of these confused bros who maybe might fall victim to Joe Rogan, uh, being exposed to Jake, especially because I do think he is a positive male role model in many ways. He's, uh, you know, I guess people hate him for being, I guess people hate him for all sorts of different reasons, but like, I guess a lot of these like comedy assholes think he's like too woke or he's like an SJW or whatever, but they hate, they hate him for caring about, you know, he cares about shit. How dare you? He cares about shit. He's sincere. He's also fucking, you know, like courageous, like, and principled. All of those things will make people hate his fucking guts online, you know, in any industry or whatever. But um, yeah, he's all of those things. I respect him a lot. It's true. It's so true. But you know what? Like, this puts the lie to all these like cancel culture assholes because you get a lot of shit. Jake gets a lot of shit. But like, if people hate you and you're very secure that you're right and that they have no good reason to and that you are on the right side and you're fighting for the good guys like that it doesn't matter like I feel like a lot of what these comedians get upset about isn't that they're losing their livelihood or whatever like Dave Chappelle is fucking fine they're mad that people think that they're on fighting on the wrong team or that they're the bad guy on some level and it's something that they feel in the back of their minds could be true hundred percent i actually got chills when you said that at risk of sounding a little a little sentimental but like this has been on my mind and i think like being able to like and it's not always easy to do like especially if you're online at all but um to ground yourself in your principles you know realize that you know certain shit actually matters and like there's always going to be they're always going to be these fucking nihilists and haters and chuds and everyone else out there making noise. But if you can find your center in that, I don't know, you're good. Like nothing else matters. There's a true North, like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's a great place to end it. Thank you so much for coming on the Antifada. And I hope we can do it again super soon. This was really fucking cool. I've done a lot of these at this point, and this like may have been my favorite one. So thanks oh so my God. much. Thank you I so really much. Did. Well, if you have time later in the week, <laughs> I have some funny questions. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the serious shit first. Let's do it. Um, let's do it maybe Friday, if that's cool with you. Yeah, hell yeah. Let- let me know in the DMs and let me know if you have any ideas in the next like two hours for what we should call our tour this coming up coming up short. Oh shit. Okay, I will. Find nothing but faith in